0: How much more could Taysom Hill's role expand in 2023? Well, it turns out quite a bit. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, that Nation and that family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much. As always, all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation one-on-one with me or as well as join in on all of our exclusive film studies, uh, Q&As, inside information, early access, all that stuff, you can head over to locked on saints to join a community i would love for you to be a part of and as always i'm your host ross jackson at ross jackson nola on your favorite social media your new orleans saints in uh, expert your uh you can find me every single monday through friday here on the locked on saints podcast and of course you can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at saints news network sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the new orleans saints and of course tuesdays on the Locked on NFL podcast as well. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're taking a look at an injury-free practice for the New Orleans Saints, although it wasn't perfect attendance. We'll get you updated on all of that. We're also going to take a look at the play of the day, which came from the one, the only, Brian Brazee. Big day for the rookie. But first off, I want to start off here discussing a little bit about what we saw from Taysom Hill, because the kid's already done, kid, the guy's already done everything. He has been a kick returner. He's been a punt returner. He's done punt coverage. He's done kick coverage. He's done, he's been a runner. He's been a blocker, all of these other things. So how could his role possibly expand further here in 2023? Well, turns out the, all the whole conversation that happened before the season began about how the team was looking to get him more involved in the passing game. Well. Seems like that's the route that the Saints are going to further expand his role. And we got a really, really good uh, look at that today as the Saints again simulated, this time in-game situation, two-minute drills. So they went through and simulated this as if they were down two, just trying to get in the field goal range and kick the field goals. Will Lutz was a perfect three of three in those circumstances, a drive led by Derek Carr, a drive led by Jameis Winston, and a drive led by Jake Hayner, all ending in field goals. that would have effectively won the game. But the the highlight or one of the highlights was that in the midst of those drills and those simulated drives and all of that, Jameis Winston connected with Taysom Hill on three straight passes, just kept going to him. And even earlier in the day, we saw Derek Carr connecting with Taysom Hill quite a bit as well. So knowing that there's a preseason game on the way on uh, this weekend, and then knowing that the Saints are now practicing not only because it's training camp, but to get ready for that preseason game, and the third piece of that information, or the third piece of the trifecta there, is that we expect starters to play on uh, up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, with all of that bundled into one, pretty clear to expect that, hey, Taysom Hill is getting some work in what is effectively a practice week scenario so how does that translate to the regular season well the expectation in that case becomes that it would be exactly what we saw that uh, throughout the week they would get him ready and built into the game plan as a receiver in addition to getting him ready into the game plan as a quarterback because don't get it twisted we have seen him take snap after snap after snap after snap as the quarterback as well whether he's running and keeping or throwing or handing it off whatever it might be so we're seeing the quarterback version of taysom hill that we know and that you know, in, in in many cases, fans love, you think back to the um, the Seattle Seahawks game last year, you think back to the, the, the Cleveland Browns game last year, the New York Giants game a couple years ago, even though that ended up in a loss, Taysom was the guy that kept them in that game for certain. So I think that you look at all of those pieces and then you go, okay, where is it that Taysom Hill's role can expand? And the only place left is him as a pass catcher. And now we're starting to see it in practice. And when you have situations where Jesse James, out with a groin injury. Lucas Kroll, out with a tailbone injury. Um, You know, you're missing those tight ends at the position, and who knows how long any of those guys are going to be out. You're going to want to see Taysom Hill get a little bit more involved in the passing game. And the thing to keep in mind, too, is that we saw Taysom Hill involved in the passing game, but we also saw Juwan Johnson involved as a receiver. Foster Moreau involved as a receiver today. Jimmy Graham probably had his most involved practice all camp so far here in day 12 and showed up big time when called upon for exactly that role as a pass catcher so it seems that the saints have absolutely no worries about getting all of these guys reps getting all of these guys targets catches and involved in the game plan whatsoever which is kind of what we've expected here on the show all along this idea that oh there's too many mouths to feed is almost always a myth right like No offense is ever going to sit back and go, you know what, we really like what Taysom Hill does, but there's just too many other people to give the ball to, so we're not going to give Taysom Hill the ball. That's not going to happen ever, and that's not even just speculation on my part. I have spoken to several coaches about this exact idea of is there a such thing as too many miles to feed, and all of them told me no, no. Does it mean that sometimes one player has a little bit more uh, but part of the game plan than other players? Yeah. But last year there were not too many miles to feed. And last year, sometimes in certain games and in certain matchups, some players are bigger parts of the game plan than other players. That's how like football works for the most part. So you don't have to worry too much at all about uh, you know, the way that you look at this from the from the you know, are there are there too are there too many weapons? Are there too many players on the offensive side? No, they'll find a way to get the ball. To everyone, This is a team, and offense that wants to throw the ball all over the field and they want to distribute the ball and that they want to make sure that they have as many different players with receptions as possible. That's the offense that they're trying to get back to here in New Orleans. And so having a guy like Taysom Hill now get involved in the passing game only helps a ton there. So there's a whole lot that you can see from all of that in terms of like how Taysom Hill can impact, how his role can grow. And why you should be excited about that, because the fact of the matter is that Taysom Hill is a playmaker with the ball in his hands, whether it's at as a runner, whether it's at quarterback, whether it's at, you know, whatever. I think really the place you're going to see him make the least plays is throwing the football. So really what you're trying to do is find other ways to get the ball in his hands where he has the ability to create. He has the ability to be able to make those big plays. Now, that's not to say that Taysom Hill can't make a player to throwing the ball. You saw the big downfield touchdown to Rashid Jaheed last year, so obviously he can hit those situations, but if you want to maximize him, get him the ball in his hands in those other situations where he gets to create on his own as opposed to try to target somebody downfield or something like that. So now you're looking at Taysom Hill, the runner, the passer, the special teamer, the returner, and the receiver. And I think if you get all of a sudden all of those things rolling for Taysom Hill in a really- Consistent way, I'll say. I was going to say effective, but I think consistent is more important, right? You can be effective every now and then, but can you be consistently effective so you can find a way to get that to be a thing that every single team has to be trying to prepare for on a weekend, a week out basis? That's going to elevate everybody. That is a rising tide, raises all ships type of situation. So I really like what you're seeing from Taysom Hill. Love seeing him get more involved in the passing game. We'll see if that continues over the course of this week but it's a very good indication of what it is that the New Orleans Saints have been saying all along that they want to be able to do with Taysom Hill, and that's get him more involved in the passing game as a receiver, as a receiver. So I really like what it is that the Saints are planning on doing with Taysom Hill and the way that it's working out so far, because we saw a really, really good set of examples of how this can work going into 2023 today, and it's going to continue. So coming up next, Let's take a look at the play of the day, which was made by Brian Brzee, at least my play of the day, and we'll take a look at some of the other news and notes from today's practice, including with Demario Davis out, what's going on at the rotation on the linebacker uh, position. We'll get to that here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has one of my favorite ways to play fantasy football ever. And it's perfect because this is the official start of the NBA, of of all the, the NBA, of the fantasy football drafting month here in August. Let me tell you about the best ball format over at Underdog Fantasy. All you do is you do just like your normal snake draft. You draft your starters, you draft your bench, all that. No waivers, no trades on an individual basis. The the team you get is a team that you get. And underdog then sets your best lineup every single week. So if you have a quarterback on the bench that outscores the quarterback that is your starter, the quarterback on the bench is the score that counts for that week. By the end of the season, whoever's got the most points, boom, you win. You try it out today if you want to over at Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and bigger than ever. $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million prize going to the winner. And last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Get involved today by visiting underdogfantasy.com. And when you join, of course, you can check out the app store as well. When you sign up, use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, all caps, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day. Every day, let's talk play of the day. This is what we do every single day in our live episodes, uh, discussing, or when we come back after, after training camp. And I'm seeing some great questions about stuff we're going to be getting to here in just a sec, uh, including the linebacker rotation. So we'll get to that here in a moment as well, including guys like Nick Anderson and some of the other local folks that you might be interested in. So let's start here with the play of the day. So this was my favorite moment of, uh, of camp on what day is it? Wednesday. Um, The interior pass rush, the interior defensive line is way more solid, way more quickly than I think a lot of people expected. Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, Brian Brzee, uh, Malcolm Roach making plays, uh, Jack Heflin making plays. I mean, all these guys are making plays on the interior. And if you're really good about what it is that they're doing, I'll tell you the secret behind it here in a moment. But the first thing I want to look at is this play of the day. So at during uh, the second set of team drills, Jameis Winston's last snap in the second set of team drills. Uh, Jameis takes the snap and then goes behind him to hand the ball off, kind of doing this extended handoff, a little bit of a stretch run. The run was set to go to the right. Brian Brzee comes bursting through the line and you can't tackle the quarterback, right? So he's not worried about going after the quarterback. So instead what he does is he, he, he uses his noggin and he knocks, he hits Jameis Winston's hand, knocking the ball free, and forcing a fumble in the backfield that could have been reco- very likely would have been recovered by Jameis or the running back but still would have been big. So that would have been a sack fumble right there by Brian, Brian Brzee. And this is 100% what it is that they drafted Brian Brzee to do. They want him to be that interior pass rusher, the guy that's who, who step, uh, whose first step is so quick that the offensive line doesn't know what to do with him. And I'll tell you this much, it wasn't just finesse from Brian Brzee in this situation. It was full-on power. He ran over, I believe, I believe, don't let me sully the man's name, but I believe it was the undrafted free agent center, Alex Pilstrom. I believe that's who it was uh, that got kind of bulldozed by Brian Brzee, just ran right through the line and then hit that arm to force the fumble. So really, really fantastic play by Brian Brzee and exactly the type of play that you want to see from your first rounder that you just invested in. We've heard over and over again about how Brian Brzee is feeling better than he has felt in a long time and that type of play right there is exactly what puts that on full display and shows you why that first round talent was a first round talent despite all of the little things and the nicks and bruises and the family stuff that he was dealing with and and you know the loss of his sister and everything shouldn't have deterred any team from investing in him in the first round if he continuously lives up to that level of playmaking so let me tell you a little bit about the the mentality that's going into the ideas around how the defensive line is working. And this is all Todd Grantham. He's the secret here. Todd Grantham is the New Orleans Saints' new defensive line coach. Um, He came over from, he was with Florida as their defensive coordinator, then went to Alabama here recently to be the uh, defensive assistant as well as a defensive analyst for the Crimson Tide. And then now he's here as a position coach, defensive line coach for the New Orleans Saints. Here's the way that he teaches. So he teaches, and I've talked about this in yesterday's episode, he teaches to make plays. Don't worry about being right. Just make plays. So if your run fit is to be in this gap at this point, but that, but that you know the the quarterback is you know taking a little bit of extra time on their handoff, and you can get there to make the play, go and make the play. Don't worry about being there for the run fit anymore. Go and make the play, especially if you're going to be on the backside of the play anyway. Go do that. So these these players are being coached to be playmakers to go in there as defensive linemen and go get the ball, go after the ball, go make plays. So there's a little bit of that hunt mentality that's happening in their minds. But the other piece of it too is that he's coaching the defensive line as a unit while also coaching the defensive line as individuals. So every individual defensive lineman is being coached to do and operate to their strengths. Oh, these are your favorite pass rush moves? Great. Let's work on that. Oh, this is your style as a rusher? Great. Let's work on how to make that fit within the rest of the chorus of the defensive line. Not, no, I need you to sing alto. I need you to sing soprano. I need you to sing baritone. There's nothing like that going on. I know that those were mixed. Those were mixed genders when it came to the things. Don't get mad at me uh, when it came to the vocal ranges there, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, So I think that, like, the, the thing that you're looking at is how it is that he is taking each of these players individually and saying, okay, let's coach this up. Let's coach this up. Let's coach this up. These things that you're already good at and then make all of that work in place of the chorus of the defensive line. So I really love his strategy there and it's working. Malcolm Roach had a couple of big plays today. Uh, Peyton Turner, when he takes some snaps on the inside, he's winning some of those reps. Um, uh, Tana Passano, same thing. When he moves inside, he's winning those reps. Nathan Shepard's been disruptive. Colin Saunders has been outstanding. It's a really, really good situation uh, to be in if you're looking at where that defensive line is so far. Um, So... I think the next thing that I want to look at is just kind of run through a couple of news and notes here from today's practice. So let's start with the linebacker room and then we'll get to some more stuff here in a sec. But I want to start off with the linebacker rotation. So while DeMario Davis has been out, obviously you're seeing a lot of Pete Werner, but the player lining up next to Pete Werner has been shuffled. So it's been DeMarco Jackson, and then the next play it'll be Zach Bond, and then the next play it'll be Nephi Sewell. And so the Saints are really shuffling all of those around. And if we go and look at the Saints... uh, uh, what do you call it? Unofficial depth chart. When it comes to the Mike linebacker role, which is where they have DeMario Davis, the three players behind him on that depth chart, which again is unofficial, doesn't really tell us anything, but gives us a little bit of an idea. DeMarco Jackson, Ty Summers, and Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson hasn't moved up to taking, to stepping into some of those, um, first team reps at all, but he has been in a situation where you've seen him get up into second team. You've seen him get up into, you know, special teams, all those other things. But really, like, that rotation of who the next off-ball linebacker is behind DeMario Davis, there's no answer as to who that is right now. And that's partway concerning and partway relieving at the same time, because it's good that the team knows. Like, Dennis Allen up upset it today. We're trying to figure out who the next coverage linebacker is behind DeMar- DeMario Davis and Pete Werner, and we don't have that answer yet. So that's a shot across the bow of players like DeMarco Jackson, players like Zach Vaughn, players like Nephi Sewell saying, hey, arrive. Show up, show me what you got, kind of thing, uh, which I respect that kind of coaching. But at the same time, it is a little bit concerning because they walked right into the offseason with this exact same issue, didn't address it in the draft, didn't address it in free agency, brought in a couple of UDFAs that aren't making those types of moves right now, and then haven't been able to secure any free agent linebackers whatsoever that can come in and help them there. And Anthony Barr was not going to be the guy to help them at that spot if they were looking for a coverage linebacker. Anthony Barr not great in coverage, as we discussed a few days ago. He would have been great as a pass-rushing linebacker, but not as a guy that was going to come in and help you out in the coverage side. So there's still some stuff there. DeMarco Jackson is everybody's guess right now as who's going to be the guy, but he still has a lot to show. And clearly the Saints aren't completely convinced just yet. So hopefully over the course of the preseason games and the remainder of training camp, he or someone else can. And I've also seen folks you know, acknowledge things like, oh, well, why not try a safety there? That's just not the That's not the bulk of how the Saints go about that prototype at linebacker. They want bigger bodies there. And look, if you're in a pinch, you do what you got to do. But for the most part, that's probably what they'll avoid. I've seen some stuff in the chat about trying Smoke Monday out there, stuff like that. Those are all fun and creative ideas, but probably less practical than I think you would realize in terms of asking a safety who's usually a coverage guy to do everything that a linebacker does. Probably not going to translate the way that you would hope that it would, not without a full offseason of actually retraining or cross-training that player into that position. But hey. If you're in a if you're in a pinch, you do what you got to do. That's for sure. Sarah Toby, what's going on, homie? Um, so let's take a look next at uh, the fact that it was an injury-free practice for the New Orleans Saints. We're going to take a look at some of the uh, the the attendance as well, and I got some more news and notes for you from today. So let's get to that as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it. Who that nation? Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. To the look at an injury-free practice. Yes, ring the bell, sound the alarms, the good alarms, not the bad alarms, sound the good alarms, the green alarms. Go ahead and sound those. Uh, because there were no injuries in practice say at least none that we saw, none that were apparent. So that's good. No early exits, nothing like that. The only update that we got from Dennis Allen after practice, who has been super gracious with injury information, by the way. He just walks up with his little postcard and says, here's all the injuries. And it's been awesome. It's been great. It's been dope. Uh, but he did come up today and let us know that they did waive. With an injury designation, offensive lineman Coda Martin, who's been missing for the past few practices, and then they signed tight end JP Holtz, which makes a ton of sense because you didn't see tight end uh, Jesse James or Lucas Kroll at practice today. Jesse James dealing with a groin injury. You look at guys like Rashid Jaheed and Traquan Smith, who have missed several practices now, also with groin injuries. You have to expect the same thing for Jesse James. And then Lucas Kroll has a tailbone injury, which is never easy to deal with. Never, 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 never easy to deal with. Like if you've ever slipped and landed on your tuckus before, that's one thing. But if you're if you're somebody that has like a full on tailbone injury, you ain't moving. You ain't moving for a little bit. So Lucas Crow getting his rest right now. They bring in JP Holtz, who like immediately had a catch today. By the way, in seven on seven, so that was pretty cool to see. The other players that we did not see around Treyquan Smith, Rashid Shahid, Demario Davis. They continue to be absent. Kota Martin, as we mentioned, was actually waived. Andrews Pete also still not around. So one of the things that we're going to be looking at in tomorrow morning's episode is that there's probably a shakeup on the way at guard. And the unofficial depth chart kind of played into that rumor a little bit about what's going to happen with Andrews Pete and James Hurst, who should start at the beginning of the season. So we're going to be breaking that down in tomorrow morning's episode. Uh, but I think the big thing now is that you're looking at wide receiver, you're down two. Uh tight end, you're down two. Um, linebacker, you're down one because you lost one in the with the injury in Andrew Dowell, but you also couldn't add one. So that's a spot to where maybe you go, okay, could the Saints potentially pull off a trade for a linebacker? Sure. They could go that route if they wanted to, but I would also be curious to see if maybe something happens at like roster cuts to where they look to see, okay, who hits the market after the roster cuts when teams have to go from 90 players all the way down to 53 and then maybe add somebody there before the season begins. That could be a way that I could see the Saints going. Uh, but no injuries, no names added to the injury today. I will tell you that I've, uh, like, I'm not too worried about the Demario Davis injury at the moment. Um, I won't tell you entirely why, but I'll tell you th- at least that, like, there's no rush to get Demario Davis back out on the field because it's not like you have to get him ready for a preseason game. It's not like you have to see him during the preseason. It's not like you need to worry about all that, all that other stuff. I think at this point, you're in a situation to where you can go, okay, um, We'll see you Week One, <laughs> and then you're perfectly happy with Demario Davis in at that point. But if the Saints were to decide, okay, let's trade for a linebacker, it could be a situation to where they you know look at a player that they can move in order to get a player back at the end of roster, cut, you know, at the at the end of the preseason during roster cuts, to where instead you just swap out a couple of players or something like that, just like they did a few years ago where they traded Vince Beagle to the Dolphins to get Kiko Alonso right before the season. Maybe there's something like that that they do, but I don't think that they're in a super big hurry to do that, but they certainly would love to solve the problem that they have, which is who is the player behind Mario Davis and P. Werner, because right now there's nobody there that's going to do that. And and there's some good pass rushing linebackers out there, There's not a lot of really good coverage linebackers out there at all. Uh, I'll tell you that the Saints ran some more two-minute drills today. They ran a scenario of being down 30 to 28 at the end of the game. Um, it was Will Lutz kicking all three game winning field goals there. Um, Derek, Carr led them down the field. James Winston led them down the field. Jake Hainer led them down the field. It wasn't as clean as the, uh, you know, three, uh, as the two minute drill that we saw earlier this week to where Derek Carr went six of six, but it was still pretty good. And they still got their way down the field and, uh, and got those Shaq Davis was super reliable in third team 2 two minute drills. He was kind of the Taysom Hill of the second team, which we opened up talking about three straight catches for Taysom Hill. There were five catches on six total throws, one of which being a throwaway in third team two-minute drills, and three of those five catches were brought in by UDFA Shaq Davis. I asked Dennis Allen about Shaq Davis at the end of uh, practice, and the one thing that he mentioned was like, hey, he, he's he got good length. He's got all these things, these qualities that they really like about him, but they do want to see him get a little bit more brushed up on the playbook. That's a place where they see him lagging a little bit behind and want to see him catch up a little bit. Uh, Michael Thomas, not a lot of work today, but looked pretty good in the situations that he did get involved in. Ugo Amadi, the, the Saints safety has been outstanding. He added another pass breakup today. Marshall Lattimore looked really good again. I love what we're seeing from this New Orleans Saints defense all around. And I just think right now, all you're waiting to do is see the offense come back and respond. So what I would watch for tomorrow's practice is how does Derek Carr respond? Today had to be the toughest practice that he's experienced thus far with the defense just kind of eating all over the place. Uh, so how does he respond going into practice tomorrow? I think that's going to be a big thing. Let's see him manage adversity, which I think would be really good. Uh, Ugo Amadi's pass breakup, by the way, came uh, on a pass to Taysom Hill. So here we go again, trying to get Taysom Hill uh, involved in the passing game. Uh, during the two-minute uh, simulation there. So that was a win for the defense in the two-minute simulation, which I think is important to track. I should also mention that uh, Kirk Merritt was back at practice today, as was uh, Cesar Ruiz and Ryan Ramchek, both of them. All three of them returned after either leaving early in Kirk Merritt's case or not being present uh, in uh, Ryan Ramchek And, uh, or I'm sorry, it was actually Ryan Ramcheck and JT Gray. The two of them made it back today. Cesar Ruiz did practice on Monday. But Cesar Ruiz was also back out there again today. So those guys came back after not practicing on Monday. So really good stuff in terms of all of that. But great to see so far that the Saints did not add any injuries, we think, uh, on Wednesday, which is a good positive sign. Finally, a step in the right direction when it comes to injuries for the New Orleans Saints. It is only one day, but great way to kick off the second half of training camp. Uh, so maybe that's just good juju moving forward to the second half of camp for sure. Uh, last thing that I'll mention is that Dennis Allen did say that there were fewer soft tissue injuries at this point throughout camp. Rather than usual, I have to do a little bit more extra research on that, uh, but we've seen a lot of injuries, and the Saints are uh, this is thanks to Jeff Nowak over at um, WWL uh, FM AM FM, um, was that the Saints have uh, four players on injured reserve, which is the second highest total amongst players. Now they're tied with a few players there, but the most is six. There's a team or two with five, and then the Saints are amongst a few teams with four. So um, not great, not ideal, but the soft tissue injuries are the other stuff, too, that's keeping guys out for a few practices, even though they're not going to injured reserve. Rashid Shaheed, Jesse James, Lucas, well, Lucas Krolls isn't a soft tissue injury, uh, but Demario Davis, for instance, Traquan Smith, all that, so. Um, yeah, I think that that's where we are for the New Orleans Saints right now. So look, tomorrow morning, another episode for you where we take a look at the unofficial depth chart. I have a few questions from folks that we'll also answer tomorrow morning. I have some subtext questions that we'll answer tomorrow morning as well. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up for you tomorrow. But the biggest thing that we're going to look at is should James Hurst start over Andrus Pete? Let me know your thoughts. I'll give you mine tomorrow morning. I appreciate you as always, y'all for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day, every day to all you every day is out there, whether you're catching a show live later, whether you catch a show every day, every other day, whatever it is, I appreciate you so very, very, very much. Uh, Taysom, so somebody in the in the chat just said, uh, I'm sorry, but catching footballs is not Taysom's thing. That was kind of the point going into the offseason about why they worked on it so much. It's about to become his thing if the New Orleans Saints have his way. Appreciate you as always for having, uh, for taking the time to make Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always find us wherever it is that you're looking for podcasts. You know, I appreciate you making us your first listen uh, and also, of course, making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you're following us. On all the social medias at Ross Jackson, N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.